into the contest. It's Friday the 11th of November. Very special day, of course. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. No Shane Lee today. Big news last night, wasn't it? England dominated India and now they go on to play Pakistan in the T20 World Cup final. So much sport about it. it is Friday. That means Shad Wicker is on the show to talk Rugby League, World Cup, NBA and plenty more. And Melbourne comedian Luca Muller to discuss the EPL, the UFC and everything else that's happening in the world game. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney's CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven. Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open from 6.30am Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie, sophisticated yet casual. Afternoon Sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. The greatest game of all, Rugby League, and that means Q-in, Brisbane comedian Chad Wicker. How are you, buddy? Mate, I'm good. I'm looking forward to these World Cup uh, finals across the weekend. It's going to be pretty exciting. Um, I would feel, I feel bad for New Zealand, though. Don't you feel bad for New Zealand? Well, you, you extrapolate on why you feel bad for them, and I'll tell you what <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Tim, but uh, look, it's been reported that New Zealand, um, the Rugby League World Cup, had such little faith in New Zealand being able to make it to the grand final and beat Australia that they had already pre-booked their tickets for the uh, for the trip back home for after the game this weekend before the tournament started they already were like look New Zealand are going to make it all the way let's be real let's save our money right now we've got some Jetstar deals right now let's book their flights back to New Zealand who was thinking that <laughs> I mean who was honestly thinking that they're the number one ranked team in the world someone's someone's <laughs> someone's got that wildly wrong um, well let's have a look at this how do you how do you think these games will go across the weekend mate I part of me really wants New Zealand to win purely because it'll cost the rugby league World Cup mm. tens of thousands of dollars to change the flights but <laughs> But, um, mm. look, I mean... Well, they're every chance. They are every chance. I think it's going to be fascinating, Mike. I, I feel like it's fu- funny been watching this Australian squad come together during this World Cup. It's like, if I'm being honest with you, mate, it's been a bit of a dull World Cup, don't you reckon? It's, it's, it's tough. And we've discussed it before. I think the future of the international game is here. Yeah. 
with you know with all the nations around here it is a stretch because it's it's not a genuine international game and this is an example of it if it's going to be an absolute yeah, negative uh, ne- negative individual on it there's absolute floggings going on left right and center i think that australia should probably beat new zealand handedly i don't, I don't know why mm. i just think we've got so much firepower out there the fox is just unreal right now he seems like he's faster than ever um the one that I, that'll be fascinating is england I've, i find it so funny that people think samoa could beat England, and maybe I'll eat my words and that'll be fine. But I have a feeling that everyone's been sleeping on England this whole tournament in terms of, you know, the focus has been on Australia, New Zealand. Oh, Samoa Tonga's going to be great. Oh, Samoa beat Tonga. Oh, they're going to beat England. No, England pumped them 60-6, to and I reckon it's going to happen again. I think England are going to make a statement against Samoa and make it make it a big issue for hopefully Australia that beats New Zealand uh, and make them go, oh, actually, we might actually have a contest on our hands when we get into this final because the Rugby League World Cup needs an exciting grand final and I think England's the team oh, that's yeah. going to give it to whoever wins out of Australia and New Zealand, not Samoa. Yeah, I think it'll end up being an England-Australia final. I really do. What do you make of the NRL draw, but Mate, I think it's interesting. A part of me was kind of, when they leaked that first draw, I was like, geez, tough start for the Broncos to have to go to Bluebet Stadium to kick off your season. Um, New Zealand getting the Knights to kick off their home game uh, in New Zealand's a nice little touch. I thought that was really nice to see. Um, the Dolphins, though, your brand-new team coming into the competition, you put them at Suncorp Stadium, and then you make them play the Roosters. I mean, what a tough start for Wayne Bennett's team. Are you with them? Unfortunately, mate, when it comes to picking my team for this year, I'm still going to hold off on my decision. <laughs> And it's purely because, and look, I'll say it here, look, I might have some work with some teams this year, so I can't be putting on multiple hats. <laughs> well, you live in my world, so, bro. You live in my world. People say to me, say, who do you go for? And I say, yeah. well, this is not the easiest question to answer because it's, it's when you work inside the space, you can't be, you can't be walking in with uh, pom-poms for another team if you're being employed. Yeah, fair call. Yeah, I think, I think it's... Um, it's it, who do I go for? It's whoever pays me the most. But um, I think also, um, I, you know, when we say we're both living in the same worlds, Tim, I'm not on the private yacht. You know what I mean? I'm still on the dinghy. You know, I'm, I might get to your level soon. Private yacht. <laughs> where is this absolute bullshit coming from? I tell you what, someone is feeding you the wrong info, my dear friend. Um, what do you make of um, the Newcastle Knights yarn? Um, this was interesting. Oh man, how is this? This is fascinating. You know, speaking of the draw, Newcastle Knights. Now that there's an extra team, they have to miss out on the magic round, okay? Someone had to do it. And according to reports from the NRL, it's because of their fans had uh, apparently the least engagement with the magic round last year, and that's how they made the decision. The Knights are so annoyed at missing out on the magic round, they have requested and put it out there that in, in exchange for missing out on the magic round, they would like to either have a state of origin game played in Newcastle or host the Magic Round themselves, which is just ridiculous, don't you think? The idea of Newcastle wanting to host two... Oh, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> off its head. I, but I would love to see Newcastle good again. I really would. For Even for the likes of the good guys like Danny Badiris and Chief and that, I, I'd love to see them... Um, 
you know, get to a status again. They've been so bad for so long. Um, oh, mate, this, they're awful. Yeah, just, they're, they're so oh, bad. And they don't have a half. It's just, like, it's just more mud in the face. Now, what about what about Jeff Fennick? It, uh, it took 30 years, but uh, uh, they've given him the fight against Azuma <laughs> Nelson. All right, I'll tell you what, if you want to watch one of the most awkward award ceremonies in your life, have a look at the video footage of Fennick receiving this. This is what happened on it. I'll describe it to you. So the, the gentleman on the stage announces that it has been been retrospectively overturned the controversial fight that he lost that robbed him of his fourth title. So he says that to pretty much minimal fanfare. <laughs> like There's a couple of slight claps in the crowd. He then goes to announce, so it has now been awarded to Fennec and this will be his third world title, which... Wrong math, actually. It's the fourth world title. So he has to correct himself. He then announces Fennec to come up to the stage and you watch him walk through, which, by the way, looking at him, I'm still like, he could probably beat someone up at the pub real easily still. But he comes through the crowd to get it. No music, no applause, goes up and grabs a title. I was like, this should have been done in a better situation. But if you want to watch a cringeworthy award ceremony, have a look at Fennec being rewarded that title retrospectively. Obviously, it's great that he's gotten it, but, geez, one of the poorest ways to give that to a great. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, look, 30 years. It's like, oh, this is, you know, it's all about fresh news and this is yeah, exactly. just 30 years 30 later, years. it's like, I don't even know if he remembers oh, many of the fights from back then. Break, break out your thin leather ties and your stonewashed jeans and your dumb lot volleys. Um, what? What about the Brooklyn Nets, mate? Mate, I mean, you talk about if I'm going to change my NRL team, bloody hell, I'm almost wanting to play, change my basketball team. They've been in a pretty weird spot. I mean, they did mm. beat the Knicks on the weekend. Durant has been playing really good. He's kind of uh, equaling records in terms of, you know, first 11 games, how many players have scored over 30 points, Michael Jordan and a few others. That's all well and good to me. But in a in a sport where it has 450 games for the year, I want to see us in the finals again. And I want to see us playing well. You've got Kyrie Irving still sitting on the sideline. Durant's doing his best. Ben Simmons actually played kind of good, Tim, mm. which was kind of a surprise. They they are a dumpster fire of a team still, regardless of the beat over the, the win over the Knicks. They've got so much longer to go. But it really is at the moment a two-horse race between who can have the worst season is it, or the most disappointing season. Is it going to be the Nets or is it going to be the Lakers? LeBron James is looking bad as well. So if you love watching a dumpster fire, then please join me watching the Brooklyn Nets play every three days. <laughs> well, at least you get to watch them, Shatster. Uh, have a good week, mate. We'll, <laughs> we'll see true. you next week, buddy. No worries, mate. See you soon. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, Melbourne comedian Luca Muller. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com.
We love our Fridays, don't we? Because we get the absolute thorough look at the world of sport and the man that tells us all about uh, the world game, of course, is one of Australia's best comedians, Melbourne comedian, Luca Muller. How are you, Luca? G'day, mate. Good, good, good. How are you? Good, excellent. Last round of the EPL um, before the breakup for the World Cup. What do you think? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, won't it? What do you reckon? It seems like, you know, it probably favours the teams who don't have a lot of international players in their squad because anyone who is about mm. to go to the World Cup wouldn't want to, you know, pick up an injury at this late stage and miss out on everything. So it could be uh, taking their foot off the gas a little bit. So I don't know. How do you feel, Tim? If you were playing and you had the World Cup coming, up in two weeks, how much of an effort would you put in? Oh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? And Because to give it context, so many players uh, in the English Premier League are represented in so many countries, aren't they? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, look, it's, I suppose it's six or half a dozen. You know, you could look at it from either end of perspective. The, the interesting thing that I've found out out of the World Cup, all of us have the last few days when Sepp Blatter came out and said, going to Qatar was a mistake. <laughs> I was a bit late. Yeah, it's been interesting, isn't it, seeing it sort of openly unfold a little bit like that. Uh, but focusing on the sporting side of it, it will be interesting matchups this weekend. Like I said, I think it'll I think it'll benefit the teams who don't have too many interesting too many international players. Rather, so Brentford uh, is playing Man City. Usually, you'd definitely expect Man City to pick pick up a win easily there but they have so many international players will they rest them will they sort of uh, make the decision to rest themselves can't wait to keep an eye on that one you've also got Leeds who are coming off the back of two amazing come from behind wins with uh, their new young striker Chris Somerville scoring the winner in both occasions they're they're playing up against the Spurs who are absolutely desperate for a win at the moment then we've got Chelsea versus Newcastle which is uh, third versus fifth at the moment that's a very exciting game Uh, two teams are definitely shaping up for a top for finish at the end of the season there. It'll be interesting to see how they sort of go into the sheds before this mid-season break. Then you've got Aston Villa, who played their first game on a new coach, Unai Emery, last week and absolutely blew away Man United with a 3-1 win. Their three glorious, beautiful goals, definitely worth looking up for the highlights for that, if you didn't catch it. Uh, they'll keep the good form going against Brighton, who have struggled a little bit since uh, losing their coach, Graham Potter, about a month ago. So some good matchups in this uh, last little round um, before we head to the World Cup. Now, one of the big stories swirling this week, of course, after the announcement of the squad for the Australian team, was that Langerak didn't make the squad, and, and Matt Ryan, of course, is the captain and, and keeper, and and as the storyline goes, the reason why Langerak didn't make it is because they wanted to give Matt Ryan, you know, full you know, confidence and no pressure on him. Mark Schwartz has come out and said, well, I don't know whether that's the best way to go. What, what do you think? What do you reckon... Uh, with that. Did they do the right thing or should they have chucked in uh, the young talent? Yeah, I would have liked to see Langerak in the squad, I think. Um, I get coming from the point of view of, you know, wanting uh, to give Matty Ryan the confidence and to feel like there's no one sort of nipping at his heels. But on the other side, don't you just want the squad to be as strong as possible? Like, is it the place of sport to look after people's uh, feelings and confidence and stuff like that? Or is it the best idea to just have the strongest team you could have and whoever the best player is gets the spot? So I'd probably lean towards that side of things personally. Yeah, I'm with you. You sort of, you need to push people no matter where they're at and and you need to have the opportunity to call on the best available talent it's going to be hard for us to advance out of that pool it's a difficult difficult pool isn't it 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Australia, just the, the place we hold in international football, it would be hard no matter what group we're in, but that is a particularly hard group with uh, France, Denmark and Tunisia. Um, I'm still excited to watch the games and I think we'll give it our all, but yeah, very, very tough spot for the Socceroos there. But, you know, what can you do except try best, I suppose. Oh, yeah, it's great that we're there. It really is because uh, there was a time there where we thought we're no chance and then Graham Arnold uh, and the and the grey wiggle and next thing you know, we're off to the World <laughs> Cup finals. Uh, what about UFC 281 Madison Square Garden? I've only been there a couple of times. It's a, it's a, such an impressive joint. Yeah, massive, massive card coming up this weekend at Madison Square Garden. The mecca of combat sports, uh, headlined by Kiwi Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight belt against Brazilian Alex Pereira. Uh, they've fought before, not in the UFC, not in MMA, but in kickboxing back in 2016 and 17. Uh, Pereira got the better of him twice, once by decision and once by knockout. It's a very intriguing matchup there since coming to MMA Israel Adesanya he hasn't lost he's only lost one fight and that was when he tried to go upper weight division so people sort of don't hold it against him that much it didn't affect his stock that much but this seems like a very dangerous fight for Izzy fighting guy he's already beaten him he's definitely got his number interesting to see how it translates over to the bigger cage in MMA so it's going to be a great great middleweight title bout there Izzy's joined on the card by not one not two but three of his teammates from his uh, from his Auckland based city kickboxing gym um, so all Awesome to see sort of the whole crew rolling deep over there, all these New Zealander guys. Definitely worth finding some of the content online. They've rented out this massive mansion just outside New York and they're living there with about 30 Kiwis all there. It's so fun to see. Uh, also on the card, we've got a women's strawweight belt on the line. Chinese wrecking ball Zhang Wei Li. I'd look for her to reclaim her title in violent fashion there against Carla Esparza. And then we've got a guaranteed all-action brawl, Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier. Uh, in, I think probably who wins that will be next in line for a lightweight title shot. So very interesting card this weekend. Can't wait to watch that on Sunday. Oh, it'll be fascinating. So much good sport about, of course, the T20 World Cup finalists have been decided. England's going to take on Pakistan. And just uh, leaving you with a a domestic thought of um, sport here. What do you think of the AFLW playing uh, finals at Punt Road and leaving people outside the ground? Did you you think that was uh, a a good idea? It's insane. They're just shooting themselves in the toe, I think. All this effort they've put in to try to grow the game and grow the supporter base and then you get these awesome exciting red hot finals like this weekend and then it's impossible for people to watch so hopefully that's you know a learning experience for them going forward into next year next season but I'm sure there's a lot of disappointed fans this year oh absolutely absolutely you you need to get them in the ground Luca have a good week thank you very much mate you too that's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you, of course, today to Luca Muller and to Shad Wicker. A thank you, thank you, thank you to our sponsors, Barclay, Pierce Capital, The Osh Group, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We're back next week with your daily dose of sport. Join us for our Afternoon Sport Racing Bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. What I'm backing and why. Tim Gilbert is joined by racing journalist Matt Jones and professional punter Brad Miller discussing which horses they'll be betting on this weekend and why. Catch the show Friday afternoons ready for your weekend of punting. Subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app, What I'm Backing and Why. Happy punting.